0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, December 29th, 2023. I'm Caleb Brown. This story of human freedom across the globe over the last two decades is not exactly a happy one. The Human Freedom Index tracks national-level human freedom across multiple dimensions. Cato's Ian Vasquez is a co-author. We spoke earlier this month. We look at this data, and Ian, I have come to expect that you don't have a very good story for me whenever we sit down to talk about the Human Freedom Index, just by way of recapitulating what goes into judging or evaluating a country's level of overall human freedom? Well, what we've done with the Human Freedom Index is compile a set of data
1: that measures economic, personal, and civil freedoms around the world for 165 countries looking at 86 distinct variables. And we do that for a period of time that begins in the year 2000 and ends, in this case, uh, in the year 2021. That's the most recent year for which we have data. That's just the way that data is lagged on international surveys. And what that gives us is a sense of freedom globally and a sense of freedom within countries. And by freedom, what we mean is the absence of coercive constraint, that idea that You can lead your life as you wish, as long as you respect the equal rights of others. And we look at distinct categories of freedom, like freedom of assembly or freedom to trade or whether a country has sound money or freedom of expression. Uh, We look at rule of law and security issues. Obviously, if the murder rate is high or if there's a likelihood that your government is going to disappear you, your human freedom is not very high. So we really do look at many, many variables, and then we weigh them out to produce the Human Freedom Index.
0: And remind me, at least globally, what was the peak? The peak in this two-decade-or-so span for which we have
1: data was the year 2007. And so what we saw for the global data was this steady increase in human freedom up until the year 2007 which coincides with the financial crisis that began that year. And then from then on, we see this steady decline going on up until the year 2019. And, and it is in this period that we see the rise of different forms of populism around the world. And then, of course, uh, the coronavirus hit in the year 2020. And as we documented last year, This was something that made the level of human freedom around the world just fall off off a cliff. And this year includes what you could call the second year of the pandemic, 2021. And what we find is that the level of freedom didn't change much from the year before. So that you can still say that the the pandemic was a a disaster for, for freedom. And what we can say, given this data from 2019 to 2021, some 90% of the world's population saw a fall in their levels of of freedom. And this includes rich countries and poor countries, democracies and non-democracies, and it includes the vast majority of categories of freedom. So it was a
0: real blow and it wasn't just a, a one-year event. And it, it yeah, it's, it's not like a lot of these countries bounced back or whatever impositions they delivered in 2020 were necessarily lifted. So we see some
1: countries move up a little bit and some countries move down a, a little bit. I expect that the beginning next year, we're going to start seeing the, the, the bounce back towards more freedom in a lot of countries, not, not all of them let we'll see what, what the data says but overall 2021 was an equally bad
0: year for freedom as as 2020 was you have i note two countries displayed in front of you and notably they are the united states and argentina now none of the data that uh, you have on argentina will include the just elected president Javier Milei but in a couple of years It might. And and depending on how things shake out with his new administration, this self-described anarcho-capitalist president of a large Latin country, we may see some changes. How has the United States performed? You you said 2007 was the peak, and I think that was true for the U.S. in particular. The U.S. was hit very hard by the financial crisis. But how has the U.S. performed in just the last few years?
1: Well, there's been a deterioration for the United States. And if you look at the economic freedom data for the United States, that's been a long term deterioration. After at near the end of the Obama administration, you saw that economic freedom started to go up a little bit, which makes sense because it was recuperating from the financial crisis. And so a lot of those government programs were coming, were winding down. But then in terms of overall human freedom, there was a deterioration, and that started to go down again in the last few years and especially with the pandemic just like the majority of countries there was a big drop in in overall freedom as far as the united states goes it ranks 17th in our human freedom index compared to the year 2000 it was ranked seven so that's a drop of 10 places this is not the place where I think most Americans want to be or perceive themselves to be, or, for that matter, the world perceives the United States as, traditionally being one of the freest places in, in the world, a bulwark of, of liberty. I don't think we can really say that uh, right now of the United States, and that's something that's, that's very worrisome. But again, a lot of the majority of countries saw a decline in freedom over the past two years that have been significant.
0: Right. So the rankings might not have changed that much, but uh, the overall level of freedom could still go down.
1: The ratings went down significantly, but since so many countries went down, some of the rankings didn't change all that much. To give you an an idea of how big that change was in terms of ratings, it sets the globe back in terms of freedoms more than two decades. So the level of freedom in the world today is much farther below what it was in the year 2000.
0: Now, the other country you have displayed before you, Argentina, 77th in this report for human freedom. And uh, you and I were discussing before we started recording the fact that Americans who are to talk about Argentina are looking through the American lens and have a difficulty even really fathoming a lot of the difficulties that every day argentinians have to deal with can you give us a sense of you know in some ways this is sort of predictive of a radical departure for argentina to escape inflation crime among other things
1: when you look at the graph of human freedom of argentina over the course of the past two decades what you see is this steady decline in overall freedom You can't say that that many countries during that period show this kind of graph. A lot of the populist countries do, and Argentina fits that bill, because over the past 20 years, it has been the Peronists who have been ruling almost entirely during that time, with the exception of a four-year rule of a center-right party that didn't accomplish much. And you can see it in the data. You see this blip during that time period where the level of freedom goes up somewhat, not to the level that it was before and then when the Peronists are reelected, it, it it goes down 77 on the human freedom index is not good but if you look at the sub indexes that's what really tells the story argentina is one of these uh, unusual countries where its level of economic freedom is very low and its level of personal freedom is by comparison much much higher Usually what you see around the world is a stronger relationship between economic freedom and personal freedom. Typically, those two go together. Argentina has somehow managed, however, to have extremely low economic freedom, not accompanied by extremely low personal freedom, and that's why it it gets a higher rating than what you might expect. However, it ranks 158th out of 165 countries in economic freedom. And that's been low for a long time. And that really does explain the situation, including the political situation in Argentina. Argentina now has more than 40% poverty rate, an inflation rate of above 140%. It's really, uh, the the economy is shrinking, debt levels are through the, the ceiling, and they're in a real crisis. That's the context in which... Javier Milei was elected, but of course he was elected on a, on a libertarian platform. And the crisis is so severe that people are ready for uh, what amounts to a paradigm shift, which is what he has been advocating. So we, we hope that he'll be successful in that regard, but it's going to get, in economic terms, much worse before it gets better.
0: You mentioned that Argentina is special in a way that it has a fair degree of personal freedom, but economic freedom is rock bottom. What generally is the relationship between those two things? And and I I know you've you've looked at this pretty carefully. So does one come first or do they move in sync? Well, it's hard to tell which comes
1: first. What you can say is that both kinds of freedoms complement each other. I think that it is true that the control of the economy by governments by regimes by states is as somebody once said the control of life itself so that if you can control economic decisions and those are centralized in the hands of the state then a lot of your personal decisions are also controlled by the state you know where where you work where you go to school whether the printing press can get the paper it needs or the resources it needs which are economic decisions so freedom of expression comes under Fire, there is a lot more control that is exerted by regimes that have low economic freedom. And that's one of the reasons uh, why I say that if you want to live in a country that has relatively high levels of personal freedom, uh, you're almost always better off picking a country that has relatively high levels of economic freedom. And I think that if Argentina kept going down the path that it's been going on in, in economic freedom, it wouldn't be too long before these personal freedoms started going down in a notable way. That is, of course, what happened in in Venezuela. And for various reasons, thankfully, that has not happened in Argentina.
0: Ian Vasquez is co-author of the Human Freedom Index from the Cato Institute and Canada's Fraser Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast anywhere you please. And thank you for listening.